Murder to Three Games podcast for April. Uh, actually, technically, technically, it's the last day of March. But you might be listening to this in April. Uh, I am Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Academia School Simulator. Huh. That's mm-hmm. something. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Wait, that's not, is that a real Monster Hunter? You know what, McMaster, I'm going to – give me a quiz. Give me three <laughs> Monster Hunter game names, one of which is fake, and I'm going to see if I can pick the fake one. All right, all right, all right, all right. We'll do, we'll do that. Hold on. I realize I'm putting you on the spot here. You have to think of a fake yeah. Monster Hunter. All right, all right. Let's take a look here. First and foremost, uh, I want to make sure I'm remembering real game names. So okay. hold on. And then I've got a quiz for you after after okay. this. Okay. All right. <clears throat> all right. You ready? Yep. All right. So we're going to do what? Three real and one fake, or four real and no, one no, fake? No, uh, no. Two two real, one fake. Uh, two real, one fake. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. So first, we'll start with Monster Hunter 4G. Monster Hunter Freedom. Oh, good lord. Okay. Or Monster Hunter Alpha Ultimate. Oh, McMaster. Okay. That's... Huh. 4G. That can't be real because of the 5G thing. I, freedom and... Did you say Alpha Ultimate? Oh, my God. Yeah. Those are all... Yeah. You can't trick me by making them all fake, you know. No, you they're really... Two of those are real. I okay, promise. Okay. Huh. You know, I get 4G can't be a thing. That can't be real. That's the one I'm picking is fake. There's a Monster yep. Hunter Freedom, Monster Hunter Alpha Ultimate. Am I right? You are wrong. What 4G does 4G stand for? What are the other Gs? Fourth generation, I think, or something. Oh. It's, it's like, dude, like uh, there are literally a lot of names in there. Uh, yeah, and Monster Hunter Freedom is real. Alpha Ultimate was not. That's a, like that's like a Street Fighter kind of name. You know, Alpha, Alpha Ultimate is the one I would have picked. Like, I would have picked Freedom as being the fake one next. Alpha Ultimate is a very good fake Alpha Master. You're good at this. It's a very good Capcom. <laughs> All right, Master, I'm going to give you five names for dogs, and you tell me which one is inappropriate. Rex, Lassie, Benji, Hooch, or Steve? I mean, Hooch, obviously. <laughs> Wait, is that Tom Hanks' name, or is that the dog name? That's the dog's name. Okay, I got it right. Yeah. So you've been what we're, we're we're getting around to here is you've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter Rise, and you have a dog named Steve in that game, and I just find that grossly inappropriate. Okay. I, why? Because well, Steve I, I, is not a good dog name. That's just not appropriate. That that's your like. If, what if you're hanging around with your buddy whose name is Steve, and you and oh. the dog and and your buddy Steve? How do you differentiate? Addressing the dog versus addressing your buddy Steve. See? Well, I mean, how do you? Uh, what about Rex? I don't I mean, know anyone named Rex. Rex is an inappropriate name Rex for a Reed. human being. Rex oh, Reed. good point. Good point. Right, right. Well, um, yeah, he's inappropriately named. I will concede that. But I don't know anyone named Lassie, Benji, or Hooch. Well, so. there's you probably know someone who's named Hooch. You just don't realize. <laughs> I just – right. I don't call them that. Yeah. All right. So, McMaster, you've been playing that's, that's Monster Kyle's, Hunter. That's uh, street name. Uh, right. Yeah, that is – yeah. That's definitely someone's street name that they haven't shared with me. Yeah. 
Kyle here. So you have been playing some Monster Hunter Rise, which is, to me, I mean, I guess I, I, I've watched you play a little bit of it, but every time I duck into your stream when you're playing Monster Hunter Rise, with one exception, which I'll tell you about in a minute, uh, <laughs> it looks like you're just wailing away on some giant assemblage of polygons that has, like, feathers and fur and a dragon face and talons and a tail. Like, it, they're all just sort of variations on a formula, and you're just whacking away at it. It has no hit point bar, so there's no way of knowing how close you are to killing it. And you do that for like a half hour, and then you go into some menu to craft pants for five minutes, and then you do more sure. of the monster whacking for a half hour. Uh, I can't tell one monster hunter from another. So what makes Rise different or special? Why would you be playing that instead of Monster Hunter Alpha Ultimate? Um, well, it's the it's the next one. I get the uh, latest, but, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, uh, ultimately, they've done a lot of interesting things since uh, since World came out. Basically, World was, I think, their biggest seller ever in the Monster Hunter universe. Like, yeah, uh, it sold like sixteen point eight million copies. World is on multiple platforms too, right? Right. Okay. And uh, uh, well, one of the big things that they attribute that to also is like is PC and PlayStation. Basically, they they put those like on the mainstream PlayStation and PC on Steam, mm -hmm. and they did very well with those. So they, and there's a reason for that. Uh, one of the big reasons is accessibility. Um, I think that their numbers and their and getting new people in very much helped by kind of a lot of quality of life changes over the series um well you know just and just weird little things because uh, i mean monster hunter really reminds me like of something like a from software kind of game where it's like everything is so um difficult and kind of even or not even but uh uh metered out kind of stuff he has to do like all of everything in monster hunter like all the attacks and stuff are tied to to frames frame actions like animations so it's not like one like of those a, like of those, those 2d fighting games or something it is kind of like that um like there are cancels and all that stuff uh that you can do um and that's that's been in the game for a long time that's like that's kind of their bread and butter is the whole kind of uh very in-depth kind of approach you know you have to make all your equipment you have to go fight all these monsters you have to learn how they work you know you learn the moves of the 14 different weapons which is a lot of weapons for very very different movesets on each one um and and all that and so like beforehand it was uh, the systems the ui was really bad and uh, it's it's had weird multiplayer implement, uh, implementation, which it still has that, but it's getting better, you know, slowly. You know, in 20 years it'll be normal, like something you'd find on any other game. But does, now, does, does World still have weird idiosyncratic multiplayer stuff, like online support? Yeah, yeah. So, well, here's Rise. The weird... I'm not surprised to hear that about Rise, just because that's well, kind of Nintendo. endemic to the Nintendo, the Switch, right? Right. right. But I think it's more of a Capcom thing than anything, because, like... So here's the weird thing about these games. And World didn't do this, and it's the only one I can think of that didn't do this. Uh, and I'm, pr I'm probably wrong. I'm sure there are some out there that didn't, whatever. But in recent memory, 
But Rise does this thing where it separates your different quests into village quests and into hub quests. And village quests are solo only, and they're considerably uh-huh. easier than like the regular hub quest, which you can also do solo. So in Monster Hunter World, there were no easy quests. It was all hub quests. And basically, every monster you fought, it just like it had a certain amount of points, hit points based on how many people were in your party. So, you know, you could just go and play a single player. It had a certain amount of hit points, but it's much harder than kind of like the village quest stuff where it's a little it's a little separate. Um, but in this game, they're doing that again. And I, I think to some extent that's a little confusing. But other Wait, than that... Wait, they're doing what again? Well, they split it into village quest and... and oh, oh I see. That's not so unique look, to Rise. That was in World as right. well, you're saying. Okay, no, it was not in World. That's the only one it wasn't in. Oh, okay. It's that I can remember. But you have the solo quests that you can do to kind of like learn the game, build up your hunter and everything. And then you have these hub quests, which are tougher, but you get better equipment out of it and and stuff like that. And they're multiplayer possible. Um, And they do that again. I think that's kind of confusing to a lot of people. But other than that, they have streamlined uh, a lot of the process. Um, So it just... It's a lot easier to get into a hunt. Um, there's a lot of kind of quality of life stuff. But on top of that, the things that they've changed uh, are pretty cool. Like you would look at – it's hard to look at like Rise and think it's kind of uh, – or think of it as a large map because the maps are – they're not large. They're, they're kind of smallish. But the difference between them and, say, for instance, the world maps, which are the only other – um, non-loading screen uh, Monster Hunter game is Monster Hunter World. Which, okay, well, quickly, what I mean by that is each of the earlier Monster Hunter games, they each loaded each area behind a loading screen. Whereas in World and Rise, it's just you can move, f- like, freely throughout the entire map. Right. So... Because I'm, I'm those... accustomed to... I, I have even actually played some Monster Hunters on... I guess the Vita or the PSP, but I, I I have definitely played Monster Hunters where I got the sense that they were in much smaller arenas and right. World broke out of that. But then when I watch you play Rise, it looks like they're going back to those smaller arenas comprised of uh, connected rooms. Which they're – and they do – a lot of World is like that too. Uh, it's okay. just they're kind of um, – they're layered uh, top, you know, top down, where you can kind of cut through different right. parts of it and everything. It gives it that real 3D feel. And the the real difference between that and Rise is Rise added a lot of verticality to it. So most of the places you see in Rise, you can actually get to. It's not just kind of dead space where a mountain is. Like you can get up on top of the mountain, you can find all sorts of stuff. Is the grappling uh, hook new, and is that used for yes. traversal, traversal or just fighting monsters? That's used for traversal and fighting monsters. It's okay. called they're called wire bugs, and they, uh, well, using them this way is new. Like you've been able to kind of zoom around on bugs that are set in the atmosphere and everything for a while, but um, they these gives you like a certain amount of them, and you use them in the game's different moves. Um, and sometimes you'll have to go on quests to get new ones, but they're called switch uh, skills. And you basically unlock them as you go, and you can customize your hunter's moveset 
based on switch skills that use wire bugs and don't, you know, some of them you just switch out regular attacks if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the wire bug attacks are, are pretty cool, they're, and they're they're usually kind of power attacks. But you get, I think, standard is two wire bugs, uh, and they refill really fast. But uh, and you can get a third one off of the the map uh, for for like temporary use. Um, and <clears throat> for instance, with the weapon I'm using, the switch axe, you. If you're near a monster and you have your weapon out, you can hold the button to use a wire bug and hit, you know, your your whatever, and it, you fly up in the air. And if you attack again and point towards it, it shoots another wire bug towards it. And if you make contact with it, it sets this kind of bomb on it that explodes and gives you like charge to your weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a lot of movement skills and a, a lot of power attacks. Um, and the fights can get pretty crazy, you know, just with with everything going on. Uh, but the big thing about the wire bugs, I think, though, is the traversal. Right. Uh, that and, of course, your most hated part of the game, Steve, is the other traversal. <laughs> I know. So you you took you took a dog named Steve instead of one of the palicos. Is that true, McMaster? Have you become no, a dog person? But you have both. Yeah. I have not seen a palico running around helping you. I've seen Steve get in your way and pick up your, like, halberd and his jaws and whatnot. Um, but I've not seen a palico on hand. Oh, okay. So the way it works, <clears throat> in solo, you bring both of them with you. And in ah. multiplayer, you choose between depending on what you feel like at that moment. So, like, uh, I was using the, the pala, uh, is it palamute? Palico. Yeah. No, it's a Palamute. The dogs are Palamutes, like Malamutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, I guess yeah, it makes I, sense. They're not cats. They're yeah. not dogs. They're Palamutes yeah. and Palicos. Okay. Right. And they and they can also drive submarines, which uh, that's – I got a new I submarine. I have dog. seen – yep. I have seen your cat driving a submarine in Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, but you – the difference between them is like the Palico does more, I think, kind of utility – and the Palamute does damage, but it's also rideable. So it adds that's, like that's a, inappropriate. Don't master dogs are not to be ridden. Oh no, no, I I agree. Dogs aren't, but Palamutes. I mean, they're bred for it. Okay, fair enough. But uh, <laughs> but uh, so you move you move uh, move around the map really fast, and if you once you get better at wire bugs, it's not as big of a deal. You can you can kind of zoom around the, as well. And they've done the, the, the kind of stuff that they like to do with the environment where there's all these little places you can get to and everything. Like the, another thing they added is there are spots on the map that uh, have these I call it like glowing lilies or some – I can't remember the, the name of them exactly. But if you come across one, you can use a great wire bug. And you place this bug there, and it stays there from then on. Uh Subsequent playthroughs, etc. Uh, but it's like a giant kind of catapult that you can shoot across the map, or, or like giant sections of the map with, and they're kind of hidden all over the place. And then like sometimes, like, yeah, right, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds like the ladders in Hitman Three, for instance. Yeah, it it, oh. it really it absolutely is. And uh, a lot of them, once you find a camp and open the camp up, there'll be like one of those dudes on there, there so you can go to the camp and kind of shoot back out and towards the middle of the map real fast. Uh, so the the movement becomes uh, kind of less of a big deal as you open the maps up, which there are quite a number of maps I've seen so far, but I imagine we're reaching the end of that for the current release. 
Uh, now, which, I know that, I mean, it's what are these monsters that you're hunting the same monsters you've been hunting? Are they remixes of old monsters? Are they new? What kind of some things are, are you hunting? Uh, some are new. Some are old. Um, it's like, there's, God, there's so many. What's uh, one the fun- that you hate, and why do you hate it? Oh, man, that's an easy one. My, my, my One of my least favorite monsters in any of the Monster Hunter games is Diablos. Oh, He's that's this, the one from uh, the movie. Why would you hate a Diablos? He's famous. Even I know what I that hate, is, McMaster. I don't know. I just have a really hard time with his moveset for some reason. And I've killed a ton of them. You know, McMaster, it's just like all, for some reason. I don't know why you're having – all you have to do – I watched Mila Jovovich do this in the movie, is yeah. you shoot it with your hand uh, grappling hook, and then I sure. think you like you poke it in the eye with something, and it dies. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, pretty straightforward it. stuff. Just, just yeah. shoot your grappling hook up there, poke it in the eye terminally, like it has to be a mortal wound, and then you can you know carve whatever pieces off you need to make pants or whatever. See, I guess my big problem with Diablos is I'm very I, I get impatient. Like I, I want to kill something, and I want. He kill does it. go underground, doesn't he? Like yep. he does that in the movie, yep. yeah. Because that's that's kind of a like it, it's yeah yeah exactly. You want him to stay there and fight you, and he just suddenly you're just looking at a patch of ground where he was standing, and it's just really rude. You know, and and back to the the fighting game kind of comparison and stuff, uh-huh. and, and and fights like that with Diablos and everything that are, that I find interesting, at least just from a mechanic standpoint, is there are um, invincible frames. Like, there are frames you can get into where you can't take damage. And right. if you time stuff properly, then you can, you can live through most anything in that game. And the funniest one, the one that I have the hardest problem with, is the staying down once I've been knocked down. Why would because, you ever do that? You get right back up. I've seen Captain right. Marvel. I know you've seen Captain Marvel. Oh, get yeah. right back up when you get knocked down. Because when you're on the ground, you're invincible. So, <laughs> so like, if you're laying That's not flat, true in real life, you know, by the way. Not in real life. No, no. I, I tried it. It didn't work. I just laid still. Somebody kicked the shit out of me. And it just... Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so I'm always I always have to fight that where it's like right. uh, I see the I'm getting knocked down. It's like oh I got to get back up and stab this bastard, and then he's like running straight at me, and I'll jump up just right into his charge and stuff like that. I, uh, so Diablos isn't a like it's not like a one creature. It's like a species. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and that's like you, all the monsters. Yeah. Why do you want to kill it? What does it have on it that you need? Just all like its horn or something. A lot of times you end up killing monsters because they're a threat, and then after you <laughs> kill them for the threat, you end up just going and just farming the hell out of them, which isn't nice. I thought that this was like some respecting nature, use every piece from something that you've killed message that the game is teaching. You're just like killing things preemptively no. because you're worried they're going to hurt you. Yeah, we're explorers, man. <laughs> Thought you knew. we're conquistadors. I thought you knew. We're, I, I, I have to admit, I do remember that element of Monster Hunter. Oh, I guess it was world, world that yeah. I must have played. Yeah, this idea uh, that you're coming to the new world and you're you're going to conquer it. And yeah, conquistadors is a good way yeah. to put it. Where it's like Rise is uh, kind of similar to the older games, where you are a hunter for a village. Like, a world is not. You're, like, in a big, big group of people out going to a new island to just, like, tame it. But, like, Rise is uh, artistically and story-wise, everything is very Eastern. 
it, it has like a very Japanese feel to it. Ah, um, as opposed to the sort of Western colonialism of Monster Hunter World. Exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah, right. so it's like. Um, I don't know. It, it has a different sensibility to it, and I like both of them quite a bit. I love World. It's just uh, you know the conceit is a little muddy. Wait, are you are you starting to like as you play Rise? Are you starting to feel the pull of World McMaster? Like, do you maybe uh, want to go back to Monster Hunter World? Tell the truth. No, and I'll I'll tell you why. I thought I was going to have a problem with it, um, but I played I think around 340 hours of World at this point. And I'm, all right. So it's like me with Neo. You've kind of beat it. You you feel like oh yeah, yeah. All has it's to offer. it's just like you with Neo. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, oh yeah. Hey, I rolled the credits on Rise. Uh, the oh. the single player story, which is by the way something that people are not happy with, some of it, uh, because. The rest of the game basically comes out in April. Uh, they <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You're talking about Rise now. You rolled the cre- wait. You yeah. rolled the credits on Rise or World? I'm getting confused. On Rise. Okay. So wait a minute, which just came out like less than a week right. ago. Yeah, it was I think about 35 hours. Uh, but I also did a bunch of other crap. You could probably beat the main storyline in Rise in 20 hours. Uh, no, when you say the less. rest of it's coming out in April, what what's left to what? So just... the Monster Hunter games go like, or at least this is the way I've always kind of viewed them: is like you beat the main story quest and then you play the real game, because like right. the main story quest is all like, oh, we got to go do this. You fight one monster and you beat it, and then you fight another monster and you beat it, etc. And then after the story quest, it goes to something called like high rank. And there's still story quests in there, in there too, a little bit, or what there was with World. They kept adding. Um, but uh, it, high rank is just like the same monsters, except much harder, right. and they in drop stuff. You know, yeah. different stuff, right? And that's basically where it begins, because like you could beat World probably twenty, thirty hours, and then you know you play for three hundred more, like just kind of, you know, oh, I want to see the new monster, you know, I want to want to kill so the new one. What are they adding to Rise then? So, uh, Rise is—I don't understand really all that they're adding. I know they're adding a bunch of monsters, they're adding new locations, and they're adding another part to the story. Oh. So, and it, which is strange, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, you released an incomplete game," and it was like, "Well, kind of, World kind of did the same thing." That's what I was going to ask, is is there a precedent for that? Have they done that before? Well, like, okay, for instance, like, you know how I said that game in Monster Hunter 4G. That's just another version of a game with new stuff in it. Like, that, that's, like, with added stuff in it, right? Right. Uh, or or ultimate version of that or whatever. Uh, they all get multiple releases. Uh, like, uh, like I said, Monster Hunter Generations uh, Ultimate, you know, was like a Switch re-release not too long ago, or like a couple years ago. Right. And uh, before that, it was, you know, Monster Hunter World uh, is after that one, and now Rise. And, like, those games have all... Well, they've all done pretty well. They've all kind of followed a similar kind of path. Um, is Rise, is the situation with the extra content, like, um, a delayed part of the package that you buy, or is it paid add-on DLC? No, it's 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 included. 
Okay, like, so you're not hey, have to, you don't have to like buy a season's pass or anything no, like that. No, okay. uh, no. Uh, well, and if they stay like they did with World, you won't have to. Right. Because World, you like the only DLC I think they sold for World was like costumes and stuff. I know, and I, I never really cared, you know, because you change outfits so much uh, right. anyway. Um, and the only paid thing was Iceborne, if I remember correctly. Uh, they, I mean, they really supported that game uh, for. Man, what two three years of like free DLC for the most part. Now one of the things that stood out for me the times that I tried to play a Monster Hunter game is it seemed like there were clearly element like you, you mentioned there's 14 weapons in Rise. Uh, I, I love that idea and that's you know like that's something that you've been playing with a lot in Neo 2 as well this idea that yeah. the move sets are associated with the weapon the, the weapon is like a class almost. Um, right. But I got the sense that a lot of that stuff was for at least I remember the range stuff. It felt like was like support class stuff that was of no use to me if I was approaching this as a single player game. Is that still the case with Monster Hunter Rise? I don't think so. Um, and I. By the way, do you I'll only say- take one weapon? Is that still a thing? Yeah, you can only. Well, I mean, you can change weapons when right, you're right, out but there. Right, right, but I can't like I can't pick. A main because no, in two. Neo you yeah. get two weapons. Like it's not. I remember thinking that that was a conspicuous design choice in Monster Hunter because yeah. they wanted multiple players to support each other with with specific uh, single weapons. Well, and that on top of the their whole, I mean conceit, and this has not changed at all. Is like you have very little backpack space. I mean you can you know you you can have tons of stuff in it but like you only have a certain amount of slots and the slots start to get taken up with um like there's these things that you can buy that if they sit in your inventory they give you more armor and more damage and they're just charms but they sit in your inventory and, and it's it's kind of like all that kind of stuff is like it, the whole thing about monster hunter that I think they want is for you to prepare right. and just do you know just focus on the one thing is usually the way that game goes and it it works most of the time now stuff like the range stuff it kind of depends um like the hunting horn is a support weapon but they've also kind of made it where it's a lot easier to use and kind of solo with so i think they've made a lot of kind of uh decisions more towards making everything on the same level but there are certainly weapons, I think, that, that do more damage, and so certainly other weapons that do a lot more um, utility. Uh, I watched you streaming a horde mode. Is that new? Yeah, the um, rampage. Yeah, the rampage things. Right. So it's like a you, have tower. A, you have a you have a stronghold in that you could level up. I noticed why. Like you would get messages about leveling up your stronghold. Yeah. Master, I love leveling up strongholds. So the tower defense game is strange. Uh, it gives you a map, and it has two or three gates on it, and uh, you have an entrance and an exit, and the exit being the fail state, uh, and the entrance being where the monsters come in. And you have these little pads that are set up, and you go to each of these pads, and you can choose to place either a special, which we'll get to that in a second, a AI-controlled weapon or a player-controllable weapon. And as you level up, as you kill more monsters, more stuff shows up for you to use. Um, so it's all about kind of keeping the monsters managed uh, in a certain way so that you can level up 
far enough to kill the boss monster at the end. And um, I think a lot of people are really confused about this system right now because what happens in the in a lot of games that do this kind of design is there's there there's games that have single player and multiplayer like Monster Hunter. But the problem with Monster Hunter is that the multiplayer does not have tutorials. All the tutorials ah. are single player. And a lot of people have played a lot of Monster Hunter over the years, and they don't want to go and do the tutorials. Or they don't want to do single player. So they get into the new mode, and they have no idea what's happening. And it's just, it's a nightmare. Right. But uh, if you have get they, people they, doing they could, they could tell them to uh, read the manual. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's funny, too, because, like, seriously, half of the time I go into these things, I see all these guys just down there fighting the monsters with their weapons. And it's like, dude, I have a chain gun mounted on the wall here that I'm shooting the monsters with and doing more damage than you can dream of. So you're fighting it is doing nothing but making us lose, you know, and it's like that's all you see is dudes just constantly running around fighting stuff down on the floor. It's like, oh, God. So, you know, luckily you can do a lot of that stuff solo as well. Now, what does that get you? Like, why would someone play the horde mode and not uh, go on a monster hunt? All right. So this is a fun one. Uh, monster Hunter World had these beats in it where you would fight all these monsters and then dun 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 they would release like this big monster and it was an event fight like uh zora magdalas in monster hunter world is the main first one uh Sheriff valda is one of the later ones the iceborne one but they're they're like all these big kind of grand boss fight things and they're always in special places so i think the rampage was to kind of replace that okay. in a breaking up the gameplay and also marking new chapters. Because basically to go from low rank to high rank, you have to beat one of those rampages with a tough monster. So it's just kind of like this weird thing to throw in. Now, the other thing that's nice about it is you do get pieces, you know, for crafting, to craft armor and stuff off of monsters. Pieces still break off of them. You can still collect those. And another thing Monster Hunter loves to do is they love to give you tickets and certificates. And you trade those in for, like, crafting stuff. Like, you can't make a piece of armor unless you have all these pieces and a certificate from Jim about how much, how cool you are. Or something, you know? So I'm imagining like, these things popping out of the monsters like a pinata. <laughs> well, no, you get rewarded them at the end of the hunt, basically, okay. by the, the mayor or hunt town or whatever. The, uh, so, like, he, they give you these certificates and everything. And rampages get you those. You get defender certificates. And okay. those tickets are used for crafting a bunch of stuff. So it's like it kind of encourages people to do it. Um and, you know, like, one thing I really like about Monster Hunter that I don't know if other people do is it's a game that over over your play of it, tons opens up. It's not just, like, everything's available to you right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Like, you have uh, all sorts of stuff that, you know, I just, I just open stuff up at 45 hours, you know? And right. it's getting closer to what I'm used to in the world now, but, like, all that kind of stuff's back where you have different jewels that you can slot into high rank armor for different abilities all the skills are attached and everything so the funniest thing to me that they managed was they actually managed a game that is a lot like world 
on the Switch that runs around 30 frames per second constantly. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I also, I, watching you too, uh, I was pretty impressed to see that there's not like a lot of long loading screens. I'm no, sure there's one what? at some point, but that's something I would have assumed about a Switch Monster Hunter is you're constantly yeah. going to be sitting at because that's that's a problem with the Switch, uh, yeah. and it seems like they've worked around it at least as far as me watching you play. Yeah, they. I think the longest one is like 15 seconds, and that's kind of an intro, the intro one. Um, I think after that they're less than that, maybe eight, ten seconds, and that's pretty good. For yeah, you know, like I said, like you know, most people think, oh, you know, if you have a solid state drive, it seems like forever. But I mean, for something with like a actual, you know, just kind of a micro SD card, that's pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Considering too how few Switch games seem to work around that gracefully. Yeah. Yeah, and another thing that's just so wonderful about this is that, like, or at least I think, is that. This game, Rise, launched with, I think, like, so many more monsters than World did, just out the gate. And World had a lot of monsters at the end, but they had, like, 30-something, and I think this one just has, like, 40 or 50. So it's just crazy. And uh, they, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's going to have a long life, I think. Um, oh, yeah. The monster games seem to, and they're only getting more popular. Um, right. Especially in the West, which is... Well, you know why? Because of that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> Capcom was like, uh, we're putting all of our eggs in this basket. Yeah, everybody went and saw that movie, and they love Monster Hunter now, and I'm sure lots of Mila Jovovich <laughs> fans have uh, flocked to find out what the deal is with this game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so funny, because like, if you play the Village Quest, it's, it is pretty straightforward, man. But you get in those hub quests, holy God. It's just like world... <laughs> I'm amazed World did as well as it did for having a two-hour unskippable intro and being intensely difficult after a little while. I mean, this does sound like the sort of thing that, uh, you know, the same kinds of Japanese developers behind the the, uh, Dark Souls games. Right. uh, They just bring their own idiosyncratic approach to difficulty level, to interface, to the whole gameplay loop. Um, Yeah. It just seems like there isn't a lot of direct competition uh, for what Monster Hunter is doing, yeah. No, yeah, it really isn't. I mean, it's like you said. The only thing I can think of is Dark Souls and the and those kind of games. Uh, right, right. I I can think of nothing else. Um, I mean, of course, there's derivatives. You know, there's right, that, like whatever. that Dauntless thing. Dauntless, that's what I was trying to think of. Right. Yeah, there, there's yeah. there's some derivatives, you know, or maybe even something like. Uh, or I guess you could put it in the same category, something like Shadows of the Colossus too. Um, Wait, you don't hunt those guys, do you? I guess oh, yeah. you do, don't you? Oh, yeah. You kill every damn one of them. Yeah, you climb all over them and kill them. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, oh, it's like for the, those guys. Oh, my God. It's like the most depressing story for a game. The, the Monster just... Hunter monsters feel like they kind of like deserve it. Oh, like they're jerks and they step on you and they're kind of grating and annoying. But, yeah, those big old graceful things in Shadow of the Colossus, you're the jerk in that game. Oh, yeah, no, which is always the funnest conclusion in any game to come to. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm the, the monster. bad guy, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, of you being the bad guy, McMaster, oh. that's a perfect segue. Oh, that was uh, a good one. Because you've also, I, I tuned yep. in expecting to see you play Monster Hunter and saw you playing. I'm going to, right out of the gate, I'm just going to let this slip. I cannot stand Evil Genius 2. I think it is terrible. <laughs> God, I need you to talk me down or at least 
provide some kind of balance, but good lord, do I not like that game. And let me give you my frame of reference for it. Um, I, I may be unfairly lumping it in with what I would just call management games, but mm. I think of it in the same vein as things like RimWorld, where you build rooms, you put stuff in the rooms, and then you manage although it tends to be pretty hand off, hands-off, like basically that's your role, and then a little ant farm takes place around it. Like, people do their thing. Um, right. The game, uh, I, I think of Prison Architect as one of the best case Prison examples Architect. of this. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. And, and so here's my problem with these games, and I realized this actually playing Evil Genius 2. Um, and I, I respect RimWorld. I think RimWorld does some amazing stuff, but... Well, yeah. I'm not crazy about RimWorld because what I want in these management games is some kind of system to work with beyond, hey, just stay alive. Like, I feel that that's what RimWorld mm. is all about, and that's probably the appeal oh, yeah. of RimWorld and why some people yeah. like it, is it's a survival game, and right. it's an endurance uh like, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You you play it for long periods of time. You just try to keep your guys alive. Uh, th whereas in Prison Architect, you are working within a system. Here are these people. They're prisoners. They want out. You don't want them to get out. You have to confine them. It's almost like a, and I don't mean this to dehumanize the prisoners, but it's almost like a zoo game uh, where you're creating you these. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're creating a containment system and managing it. But rather than cute little animals, it's unruly prisoners. Um, this academia game that I told you about, uh, it's the same kind of thing. As you're building rooms and you put objects in them and the, the teachers, you hire them and students show up and you have a school. Um, academia School Simulator, I, I, I like what they're doing with that because it's within that framework of you're creating a school year for these kids. And you're judged sure. on how well you do. Um, Evil Genius now. Evil Genius 2, technically. The framework for that is, of course, you're an evil genius and you're trying to dominate the world. But my main problem with Evil Genius 2, and I have myriad problems with it, is that that overview, that world overview stuff, uh, I, it just feels so underdeveloped and poorly explained. It's a terrible context for that kind of people management game. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Like, why should I care about that overworld? Why do I care about clicking on these little schemes to make money uh, or reduce heat uh, in the different provinces? Every now and then a story beat comes along, and it'll tell you, you know, early on you've got to recruit the different types of henchmen to add them to your personnel. And that's just right. a button you click on the overworld to do a, an arbitrary quest. You're basically just pouring money and workers into it and a timer runs out, and then you're done. It's the same thing. Eventually, when you're bribing political officials or trying to take over countries, um, it's just a button you click, you throw money and some personnel at it, a timer runs down, and then you're done. Like, it moves you to another scripted story beat. Um, I just feel that the management stuff relates so poorly to that overworld that I just don't, I, I can't bring myself to care. And, which means I can't bring myself to care about building a stupid base. Um, uh, so, McMaster, explain to me the appeal. Why am I wrong? Why is Evil Genius 2 not a terrible game? And this is the point where people are going to be disappointed, where I say, I don't think you're that wrong. <laughs> I think that uh, 
I think Evil Genius 2 is a competent one of those. You know, like a competent one of those kind of games, like the, the management. And it's it's trying really hard to make you like its personality, which is fine in places. It's a little corny. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's definitely leaning hard into the whole Austin Powers thing, which I think the first game right. is doing. And I imagine yeah, people it, want that. Yeah. Um. And so, I mean, and I and I do agree with you. There, there's just... I don't, I don't know. Like like you were saying, the overworld maps, you go to these places, you make money. But I find 90% of the time I'm at my money cap. Right. Yeah. So I can't, like, why am I doing this? And other than just I want that red number to disappear from the world icon. I want it to go away. <laughs> so I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to send some dudes in. And then once the heat gets too much, you may, maybe the cops will be mad, maybe not. I'll pay ten grand to make it drop because right. I don't need the money anyway. So I'm just doing it to do it. Um, secondly, and I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not far enough in the game or not. But like the agents are really uninteresting. Boy, I, I mean, like, I presume. So yeah, well, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you, you please. Too. I, well, because I, 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 I started, and I'm, I, I don't know if you're still with the campaign, but I started the campaign, uh, and it just was going so slowly. And it was taking forever to to explain bits of the game. So I eventually was just like, hey, you know what? Forget this stupid campaign. I'm going to just start a sandbox game. I'll, I'll figure this stuff out on my own. I don't want to go through these story bits. And you know what? The sandbox game, it's the same as the stupid campaign. You go through oh. the same scripted beats. Um, I was and, wondering because I, I didn't do campaign. I just did sandbox because I was like, I oh. don't want to go through a slow-ass introduction it can't be that hard and it's like has that checkbox for tutorial which is i assume what it is i was like i think you can probably turn that off oh you know what maybe i need to try it with that i although i thought i did try i don't remember if i turned that off or i don't not. i know that i left it on because right. i didn't do the campaign and yeah it's torturously paced uh well, and, i don't and here's you, you know here's the thing with master you mentioned those agents before you know the the pattern for this uh, Dungeon Keeper predates Evil Genius, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's the inspiration. Yeah, so, so the, the 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 template for this is Dungeon Keeper, where you're building a dungeon right. and heroes come to plunder it, and you you uh, put traps in your dungeon and monsters to intercept them. That's that's the template for what's going on with Evil Genius. So every now and then these investigators show up, and I uh, so I played some of the tutorial. I have played pretty far into. Uh, a sandbox game and I still don't know why I'm supposed to care about these agents getting into my lair because th this game is really poorly documented there's no yes. manual there are no good tool tips when you click the on UI the little eye oh the UI is terrible when you click on the little eye for information It'll just tell you stupid things like this is the vitality, which is it's already labeled vitality. I know this is the eight, the smarts. I know it says smarts. Why is it? Why are you, why are you popping up a tooltip to tell me that? Um, it, it so here's the thing, McMaster. I cannot figure out where to go to figure out what these investigators are supposed to be doing and why I should bother stopping them. So, so I because, think that. The long burn of it is that I think it's directly connected to the overworld map, which I don't give a shit about. So, like, that, that's 
Is it creating what... heat on the overworld I... map or vice versa? Is the heat I... sending agents? I think so. I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's what it seems like because the only time I remember, like, I think maybe somebody got away or something was that, oh no, there was some world whatever politician was, you know, so suspicious and I was going to have to deal with it or something, but I think you just bribe them. Because if the agents are raising heat on the overworld, or if the heat level on the overworld is somehow sending agents, uh, because every now and then I do see something in the upper right-hand corner saying, oh no, agents are coming in two minutes and 18 seconds. Yeah. And I honestly couldn't care less, because here's what I think happens. I think they get into my lair, and they do one of two things. One of the things they might do is steal money, which I couldn't care less about. Help yourself. Right. I've got plenty. There's more pouring in all the time. If I need more, I just click a button on the overworld. The other thing I think they might be doing is sabotaging, like, you know, my cafeteria or my security right. system or my security cameras or my interrogation chair, in which case my yeah, feeling Benji, there yeah. – you know what? Knock yourself out. My technicians yeah. are running around. Right, everything exactly. de everything degrades naturally anyway. So if you want to come in and sabotage stuff, I, I don't care. It's going to get fixed anyhow. Um, and, and this should be something that I should at least be told in a tooltip or right. a manual or an encyclopedia or an evil geniopolis. Uh, I should be able to boot this game up and be told somewhere – Here's why you don't want investigators in your lair. I don't know where it's, to go to find that out. <laughs> it's that's like my problems with the building stuff. I it's like it's such a clunky interface and none of it is explained like why I can't have a one by one doorway or or one by right. one hallway. That makes no sense. Why, why not? You know, right. and if, if there's a reason, just tell me. That's fine. You know, but and what's good are the, like a lot of time trying to do that, and it wouldn't let me. And I kept trying it in different ways until eventually it's like, oh, it just must be because it's a one by one, not because the game told me that, mind you. <laughs> you just figured it out the hard way, right? right. It's, it's similar with uh, building these rooms. Uh, when I play uh, Academia School Simulator. Before I build a principal's office or the sophomore classroom or a lady's uh, bathroom or a janitor's office or a track, before I build that, a tooltip tells me a suggested dimension for it based sure, yeah. on knowing what equipment I'm going to want to have in there. Now, in Evil Genius, you're probably will want to grow like your generator room for instance there's no set size for that but a room for those stupid little like the cafeteria or the the place where the minions go to recover their smarts like i should know how big how much room i need for that it should tell me that as i'm playing i shouldn't have to just try to clunkily fit it in somewhere and then later realize oh wait this is too small or oh my god this is way too big i'm wasting space yeah, that's that was my biggest problem because like as you go through it, they want you to build all these different rooms, and I got to this point where I just didn't have any space on the hallway that I could build to yeah. anymore. And do you know what so you're supposed I, to do at that point? Go ahead. What's that? No, I don't actually, but I resized all of my rooms and filled them in with dirt and like kind of just like redesigned everything, you know, so to like the, the, get more space. The tech tree will eventually unlock floors. 
and you, you'll go deeper and have multiple levels, which I think is uh, interface-wise a bad idea. Like there's a reason that RimWorld exists solely on a 2D plane, yeah. and that's for readability. Uh, and here, and there, I can't think of any games that have really solved this, but here they just want you to have multiple floors and you know page up, page down to look through different oh. ones. But that's just that's just awkward and clunky. I'm going to say uh, Dwarf Fortress, but uh, I'm, no one could take I, You know what? Says. I've never played Dwarf Fortress. Does that, that that gives you multiple floors, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, you yeah. have tons of Z levels, you know. And right. it just used to, it just shows you what's on that Z level. Like, if, if you're on a mountain, it shows you part of the mountain and then a whole bunch of air, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right, so. right. Uh, so I guess that's, you know, uh, Evil Genius 2 looks at Dwarf Fortress and thinks, hey, if they do it that way, we can as well. But similarly, yeah. McMaster, you can research uh, ways to dig into the supposedly undiggable rock. Like, that's yeah. just something in the tech tree. I figured that was because, like, it's different shades. Yeah, Like, exactly. I'm sure one shade is one and another whatever. And that tech tree, by the way... I eventually was like, okay, what gameplay am I missing here? Let me go through all the stuff in the tech tree. It is it is overwhelmingly just improvements of old stuff. Like you do a research and it gives your minions extra hit points. Or you do a research and it lets your broadcast stations reach two provinces instead of one. <laughs> or your, your, your security desks can manage six cameras instead of three. Like it's all just incremental improvements. Better power production, better research. Uh, better traps, the same kinds of stuff. It just works a little better. Uh, so even like not, I I didn't see anything exciting or different or cool or it didn't seem like any gameplay shifted or new elements were introduced in the tech tree. It just seems like okay, here's plus one on that or plus three on this. Uh, right. Which yeah, and that's basically I don't know. It's just kind of boring. Like the traps are all just kind of. And again, why do oh. I need traps if I don't care if investigators are coming in? Like that—that's a—that's—that's that's a gameplay loop there. Build traps to stop investigators, right. so you can build more traps. I, I don't. Because <laughs> that's another thing too. Uh, one thing I eventually did learn. Okay, I can incapacitate an investigator to put him in the interrogation chair and mm -hmm. extract data from him, which I then spend on the overworld map. Alternatively. I can just build a computer console that constantly generates data. So, again, why do I care about the investigators? I'm getting plenty of data oh. from these computers I built. I don't, I'm not going to bother. That's another thing, too, is it's so micromanagey involving your evil genius and your, your uh, unique henchman personalities. I don't care. So what? I, I lose a couple of henchmen or minions when I'm fighting investigators. They get re-recruited automatically. It'll happen over time. Why would I go through the micromanagement of clicking and, on a henchman and using a special ability? Pfft, who cares? And it doesn't. It doesn't take much time to get new henchmen. It's not yeah. like that's like a long thing. It's like yeah, you just wait a couple of minutes and you'll be full again. So I mean. And there's no time pressure other. either. Like I don't feel like even on the overworld map. Oh, like, am I, am I racing against a clock? I mean, not that I can tell. No, like he, not that I can tell either. Yeah, uh, he comes and goes and whatever. Um, it's it's yeah, and the uh, I, I I just don't understand it. And it's like I, it's easy to kind of get lost in games like that for a little bit, where it's like, oh, you know, I like building these little things, or they're stylistically cool looking, and you know, seeing the little people walk around and all that jazz. But 
After a point, it really is just kind of a unless I'm missing something, it's very very uninspired. Um, Have you unlocked the potted plants yet? Um, because like, they're like you know a, a cactus or a fern or a little tree decorations. Because I mean, I've unlocked decorations, but I don't know about the potted plants. Oh, there there are uh, eleven different varieties of potted plants. So mm-hmm. that decorations tab fills up. Each one costs the same amount of money, and none of them has any different gameplay. As a matter of fact, as far as I can tell, the decorations do bupkis. I, I've seen some decor- some items will have like an icon that I think is implying there is a gameplay effect, but there is so much decorative cruft in this game that oh, yeah. does absolutely... Yeah, can I, McMaster, can I cuss on this podcast? Sure. There is so much decorative cruft in this game that does absolutely fuck all. Why is that bothering? And and I got an exclamation point on, like at a certain point it unlocks it all, and I remember seeing exclamation points on all those tabs and thinking, oh cool, what cool new stuff did I get? It's all the same. Every tab has 11 potted plants with an exclamation point. I have to click that potted plant on that tab for that specific type of room, otherwise the exclamation point doesn't go away. So annoying. No, yeah, no, it drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> like that's why I see you look at that build menu, like and, and like you said the first time, I was like, damn, there's like six on this one, there's like eight on this other one. Look at all this cool stuff, and it's like, yeah, it's the same crap. It's yeah, a chair, same chair. Out of wall. Yep, exactly. <laughs> just I don't know. They, I don't know. I think they were, they made something very whelming. I, I <laughs> McMaster, what it gets down to to me, and this was a. This was my takeaway after playing it for a couple of hours, and it's just been increasingly my takeaway as I've spent more time with it. Uh, I don't think that Rebellion – I think they developed this. I know they published it. But I don't think they know they know how to make this kind of game. Like, I think they just don't know what they're doing. Like They, don't, they didn't play well, the right influences. They don't know they, – they haven't played the, the competition. I, I I feel like they just played the original one, which is 10, 12 yeah. years old, however, and yeah. don't realize the state of these kind of management sims these days. I think even I, – I don't know. When I was playing it, I kept thinking, you know, it's like it's very – it's competent. It's not like it doesn't run. It's not like it doesn't do things. The UI is goofy and everything, but it's just – I think they missed the point on what makes them interesting, uh, they, it, there's just not enough pushback, and I think that at the end of the day is what makes it less fun for me. Because like you know, like you said, a RimWorld. I mean, it might not be for everybody, but a survival game is very difficult. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and even even happen. even something like uh, like Prison Architect, yeah. where you're not making it difficult. Like there's a system that you're managing. It's very clear yeah. what you're supposed to do and why you're doing it. Like, it it's all revolves around running this prison. The, the school game that I mentioned, Academia, like, it's very clear what you're supposed to do I've and why you're that. doing it and how the elements work. Academia, McMaster, uh, l- let me let me uh, describe to you Chick Academy, which is a school that exists uh-huh. in the game uh-huh. Academia School Simulator. Now, McMaster, if you attend Chick Academy, you don't have to go to phys ed class. There's no PE class because... Well. I ran out of money before I could hire a PE teacher. So there are no Fair PE enough. classes. Yeah, which, which is great for I, – I wouldn't – I mean, if oh, you yeah, were yeah. Going, like I loved getting out of PE as a kid. I didn't – I wasn't oh, a yeah. jock. So oh, yeah. however, McMaster, I should hasten to add, 
I also ran out of money before I could build a cafeteria. Mm. So there's no place to eat lunch. You can't get your own lunch. You know, if you brought your own, there's no place to eat it. You can't buy anything here. So I also ran out of money before I could build um, uh, bathrooms. Oh, that seems like a bad oversight. Well, you would think, but I should point out <laughs> there are achievements for students peeing and pooping in the bushes. I oh. now have on Steam, and those are separate achievements, by the way. I That's two achievements on my Steam account that I know you, Jason McMaster, don't have. An achievement that's for true. students peeing in the bushes well, and a separate achievement for students pooping in the bushes. So, soon. <laughs> Click, uh, clicking purchase. Got 140 <laughs> Steam achievements for this game. Oh, my God. Wait, is that true? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, I feel a lot less special. No, what? Okay. I mean, if there had been, like, nine achievements, I would have felt pretty good about getting those two, but oh, good lord. Yeah. It's like the other day I looked at a Monster Hunter uh, list, and there's a bunch of achievements on that. And the rarest one I had, it just killed me, was one of the easiest ones to get, which is where you just, like, take a picture of something and turn it into somebody. And it's, like, only 5% of players right. have done it. <laughs> it really kills me just because that that's so Monster Hunter. McMaster, that's also that that's that's the kind of achievement that you own, that people only get when they go through and look at all the achievements, and they're like, exactly. oh wait, I, I can do this and get an achievement. Let me get right on that. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that killed me though. I was like, oh, this is the easiest to. Get. Yeah, it's called Fledgling Observer, and it's complete your first request for the researcher. Right. Oh, poor researcher. Yeah, not getting yeah, the work. that dude is so. He's so. <laughs> Uh, McMaster, in closing, let's say one nice thing about uh, Evil Genius 2, just so that okay. we're not total jerks about it. Uh, I'll go first. All right. During the tutorial, the announcer was obviously told to imitate Matt Berry. That's <laughs> very true. He's obviously told, do that kind of intonation. Yeah. I can't do it myself, but you can tell that's what he was told to go for. Uh, and it's obviously not Matt Berry, but he does a serviceable Matt Berry impression, and it makes me happy when I hear him do that. So, okay, there, yeah. Okay, now you sure. have to say one nice thing about Evil. I might, McMaster. I apologize. I might have taken the only nice thing about Evil Genius too. I don't know if I, I think, left you anything. Um, I think stylistically, it's a nice-looking game. I think that it's a, it's a cool cartoony take on on what they're looking for. I think it it looks good. I think the voices are hit or miss, but I think overall the presentation's nice. All right, sure. So there we go. We've said nice things about Evil Genius too. I feel better about myself today. Yeah, me too. I wasn't just a complete jerk. Yeah, so <laughs> All right, well McMaster, hey, oh McMaster, you know there's now a uh you may not realize this. If you ever have any questions about that game, Hunt the Showdown, let me know because yeah, I can yeah. help you out. They just added a fourth boss, a dude named Scrap yeah. Beak. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've uh, I've played that game before. Well, maybe uh, that, maybe that's a monster you should you should hunt instead of those uh, Diabolos that you hate so much. That was one of the that is one of the goofiest timed events I've ever seen. There, that hunt one is what, so what, bad. Wait, what is? Uh, so they released that monster. It's at the end of an event, and they kind of did one of those dumbass World of Warcraft like Destiny things, where they're like, the community needs to get a hundred million points, and oh. once they do that, we'll unlock the boss. <laughs> so at the end of day one, the community had five million points, and they, 
they were like, we're dropping it to 35 million points. <laughs> so, <laughs> Those are hilarious when they're so poorly gauged, when the developers oh clearly God. don't understand their metrics and they set a target like that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like my friend Anthony is talking about. It's like the biggest problem with that game is its price because like he hasn't played that much, but we're constantly when we play we get killed by people with like 500 hours played, you know. And he's like, I just get tired of feeling like I'm the content in the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the dude that's just getting murdered by everybody for fun, you know. And I was like, I totally get that, and that's kind of Hunt's issue, I think. And that's also that's that's PvP for you, but yeah. So. Right, yeah. Especially they charge like forty dollars for that freaking game, uh, and it's like it's three years old, and I love it and everything. But come on, guys, it should be free to play or like ten dollars. Yeah. All right, so uh, Monster Hunter Rise, Evil Genius Two. Uh, we were going to have uh, Nick join us, but there was some sort of a scheduling issue. He was going to talk to us about uh, out of the park baseball. A team management game, which uh, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I do not understand that stuff. So maybe Nick will talk right. to us about that next time. That's like um, a Troy Goodfellow kind of game. Good. God. Right. I mean, it does. Yeah. Weird people play <laughs> sports team management games. With Master. I don't understand. Them. I actually tried to play uh, a I tried to play motorsport manager, which was. I've a, seen that. Yeah. And I imagine as far as like sports team management games go. I'm sure it's pretty good, but the realization yeah. I had trying to play it was, wait, wait a minute, what am I doing? I want to play racing. I want to play the racing part of the game, not the team part of the game. And I, I, I guess I don't understand sports enough to understand someone who would want to manage baseball rather than be there and play it, because that's how I felt about racing games. Is why am I watching sure. other people race? I want to do the racing, so I play right. something else. Right. I mean. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the exciting part. That's the fantasy part, you know. I mean, in a, in some way, you can imagine yourself becoming a statistics guy for, for a racing team before being the race car driver. So it's kind of like a little... I, I mean, know. the thing is, like, I've played team management games about, say, like, gladiatorial, gladi- gladiator combat or sure. uh, Godhood, oh, yeah. which was uh, Abbey Games' most recent release, mm-hmm. was kind of a team management game about religions, and I didn't care for it much, but it was very much a, a sports team management game where you have to really care about statistics. So right. I guess, yeah, if I did care about some real-world statistics, yeah. Right, and that that's really all it is. It's a money ball simulator for people that like statistics. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, McMaster, what's your, uh, what's your handicap in baseball? Oh, uh, probably a three. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. I'm impressed. I don't know. Oh, you know what? Two. Mine mine is a four, so there. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I didn't want to one-up you, but uh, sorry. It's just that's my handicap. I just, just thought I'd share it with you. Yeah, yeah. I forced it. It just kind of turned out that way. I also, uh, the folks who did uh, uh, Space Pirates and Zombies, I think they're called, uh, called yeah. Min-Max, they, they just released a game called Golftopia, which is kind of a, a cutesy sci-fi variation on uh, on Sid Meier's Sim Golf. So I started that up and started playing it and thought, oh yeah, I like video game golf. So I, I tried, um, I'm going to see if I can get the name right, 2K1 PGA 21. Something yeah, like I, I um, I uh, consulted on that game oddly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I don't want to get you in trouble. Well, actually, the thing is, like, I like video game golf, but as I was playing it, I realized, wait a minute, there's too much real-world sports in here. They're talking about things that I don't understand, and I'm having to play oh. in a tournament where I don't I, – I just it's, wanted to play, like, some weird, like, Japanese everybody golf kind of thing. Like, I didn't yeah. want to play real-world golf. There's a, there's a couple of games out there that are certainly a lot better for that than, than that one. I mean, because that is totally – that game is a PGA game. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like it, – it's a repla- trying to be a replacement for, like, uh, the Tiger Woods uh, campaign. Yeah, if it doesn't have the name Hot Shots in the title, it's probably not for right. me. Oh, Hot Shots. Or the new Mario Golf uh, is coming out um, this year, Ugh, I think. Master, so I don't gonna... like golf. I don't like golf enough to put up with that little putts, please. <laughs> Mario Golf. Hey, what's hey, that said... uh, 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 golf story on the on the Nintendo oh, Switch? Golf story right? is really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool all right, well, McMaster, uh, thank you very much. We will be back in three weeks to talk about, uh, I don't know, are any more games coming out anytime soon? I don't think so. Uh, something's coming out in April. That's a big deal. Oh, oh Outriders God. is tomorrow. The Square Enix, there's an action is RPG. Is that tomorrow? Isn't oh, Jesus it? Yeah. Christ, that, that snuck up on me. Um, there uh, is April. a... Oh, go ahead. Uh, okay, yeah, Outriders... But there is like a real one, a real. Uh, oh, the new Pokemon Snap, Sarah. Oh Snap. my god. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see, uh, God, Odd World. Uh, Odd World. Odd uh, Soulstorm. What the heck is that? But new Odd World game. Uh, but I thought that there was. Oh no, it's it's the very beginning of May is Resident Evil. Uh, the Village. Oh, the Village. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Psyched about that. Unfortunately, it's been spoiled for me because I know there's like a busty vampire lady. Yeah, yeah, that's basically the entire game. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to play it now. I know everything I need to know about it. So too bad. I've already played it. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, we're yeah we're gonna be busy playing Outriders anyway. So I I don't know what Outriders is, but I'm always happy to try a new action RPG. Uh, Here's another one, McMaster. Uh, You 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 strike me as the kind of guy who would remember Phantom Dust. Of course I remember Phantom Dust, the Xbox feet yeah. <laughs> bomb game, yeah. That game is do, awesome. Yeah. Do you know that uh Magic the Gathering is using a similar conceit for their action RPG where really? it's like you're playing Diablo but you have a hand of cards, magic cards, that you randomly draw from a deck and that determines what abilities and skills and attacks and whatnot you can use as you're oh. playing this action RPG. Uh, oh, that's interesting. And it's, uh, it's, uh, oh, shoot. Who are the folks that did Marvel Heroes? Not Gazillionaire. Oh, um, oh it is Gazillionaire. No, 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 it's uh, Cryptic. It the folks who did uh, yeah. Champions Online, I think. It's either Gazillionaire right, right. or Cryptic. I forget one of those two. I think it's Cryptic. I think um, it's a Perfect World Company, right? I do not know. But it's, it's, it's in beta right now. Uh, it's Unfortunately, it's free to play. So Magic it's probably gonna... Legends, yeah. It's Perfect World published and by Cryptic, yeah. Cryptic. Okay, Which makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so, yeah, Perfect World's had their stuff for a long time. But I love the idea of that, that, you know, I'm playing Diablo and I can't just spam my favorite attack. I have to, because right. that's how Phantom Dust worked, is you had to draw cards from a deck, okay. and that determined what you could do in combat, so. There was a lot of crazy stuff in Phantom Dust. That game was pretty cool. 
I know, right? How come that didn't... That, why are there still so many Monster Hunter games? Why isn't there a Phantom Dust 4G or Phantom Dust Freedom or Phantom Dust Alpha Ultimate? Didn't they try to make a new one? If so, I feel like I, I've, I've been uh, derelict in my duty of being a Phantom Dust fan because I didn't know that. I, I really thought there, there was a second one. Well, we'll have uh, Magic the Gathering uh, oh, yeah. Legends. Well, the original yeah. release, let's see, here we go. Uh, Xbox One had a re-release of it. Oh, on the well, yeah, okay. If you're gonna if you're gonna scroll it away on an Xbox where nobody can see it or play it, yeah, that's not. Of real course, fair. I'm not gonna know about it. Yeah, put it on a yeah. platform that people actually own in their homes, right? Right. The only reason that they actually put it on Xbox One, I think, is because Phil, Phil Spencer was a fan of Phantom Dust. <laughs> well, well, that's one way to choose what games to make. Yeah. Yeah. Phil was like, you know, screw it, just just put it. On. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there we go. Thanks to everyone for uh, listening. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Jason McMaster, who you can find live streaming on Twitch at... Is it JV McMaster? Yeah. Yeah, on uh, Twitch, and uh, we will be back in three weeks. In the meantime, we're rotating through a board gaming and a movie podcast uh, with the games podcast, so stay tuned for those, and we'll see you in three weeks with more video games. Thanks to everyone for listening. Cheers. (laughs) 